Life is real, friends. Life is earnest. And that afternoon, under the gray, leaden, January skies, we learned the difference between myth, fiction, fact, rumor, countdowns, dares, and all the rest of it. Flick stands up tall and looks over at Schwartz and says, Oh, yeah? Who's afraid to put his tongue on the telegraph pole? Uh, welcome to Everything Old is New again. We are back here for the fir- third show of May Mayhem to find out who's the funniest person of all time. That's Gene Shepard, who's not any longer in the running, but I wanted to play a little something because he came up last show. And David Cohen is here, our wisecracker, our resident wisecracker is here. How are you, David? Yeah, I'm good. How are you, Doug? Yeah, <laughs> resident wisecrack here. <laughs> No, happy to be doing another show, and um, yeah, I know you were upset over the Gene Shepard thing, obviously, because it's it's being dragged into the new show, too, so <laughs> there's some lingering uh, but anger, I, right? see, I'm feeling it. Here's the thing, I anticipated being upset about it, so that's why I actually have an extra clip to play the second show, if you happen to notice. Uh, Dan, uh, Dan Newberg is here with us as well, our uh, cut-up, uh, who is just enjoying uh, the social media aspect of this as well is getting a lot of feedback from people from this show. And uh, I love to hear that uh, his friends and uh, family agreeing, disagreeing with our determinations. Who is the funniest person of all time? We are now in a battle between Jerry Lewis and Laurel and Hardy. I'd like to actually see that battle. <laughs> it would be funny. All right, let's hear a little about Jerry. Let me make this clear to you. Oh, I'm going to listen to every clear. Good, because this is very, very important yeah. to me. Yeah, I'll do all the things. Now, you are to take these packages, packages envelopes, envelopes, papers, papers, and other matter, other matter, and papers. These are also papers. Also, these papers, and deliver them to the addressee indicated the on the outside on of each item. Is that clear? Yeah, I was going to say why you were saying it. It's very clear. If I see it says to go to a place, I'll go there. But if I don't, then it won't be clear. Good. Now, now for the important part. Now, you know, Marty, I'm a very patient man. I noticed before how terrific your mind is. Yes, but... You see, when my nerves tip me off that I'm going to become unglued, that's when I have to assert myself. Do you understand that, Marty? We're about to smack people, right? That's when I have to assert myself! Oh, if you just don't bang. Okay, there's Jerry Lewis, and then we've got ourselves Laurel and Hardy. Well, there's another nice mess you've gotten me into. All right, new show. We will start at the top of the list with Dan leading us off here in your evaluation. He's making copious notes, I think, while we were watching this. So, what do you? Yeah, I'm just. It's almost like he's not paying attention. <laughs> exactly. No, I, 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 I I'm sorry. Did you say something? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I actually, you know, it's funny when I, when I listen to these quotes and, and we talk about some of these older, particularly the older acts. It just it, it brings back a flood of memories, and I was like, oh yeah, you know, I forgot about this or that, the other thing. Like like with Laurel and Hardy. I don't know about you guys, but I remember right around the holidays every year watching the March of the Wooden Soldiers. I don't know like why that's connected to that time of year, um, but. I always found Laurel and Hardy to be very entertaining. And all these years later, I could still hear the voices in my head. 
not Laurel and Hardy. I just hear voices in my head. <laughs> but, um, you know, oh, Stanley, uh, another fine mess you've gotten us into. But Jerry Lewis is such an icon to me. I mean, growing up with Martin and Lewis and just I, I think Jerry Lewis is hysterically funny. Um, and so I've got to go with Jerry Lewis. Interesting. David Cohen. Yeah, this is really, really tough because, yeah, how do you compare these two? Um, I, I don't know. I just don't know. I guess I guess I got to say Jerry Lewis because I've just laughed more at Jerry Lewis than I guess a little bit more than Laurel and Hardy just because I haven't seen a lot of Laurel and Hardy, you know. So, yeah, that's does Laurel and Hardy make you laugh out loud, though, or is it just like entertaining to watch? It does at times, at times. But Jerry Lewis can make me laugh like, yeah. I mean, just that clip you played, Doug, it was just so funny just hearing it. And you can visualize it, too, you know. From the errand boy, by the way. Yeah. He, yeah. Now, this is a strange thing to say because I love Martin and Lewis movies. I like the early Jerry Lewis movies when he was by himself for the first uh, five years after they broke up. But uh, it's a different story. Uh, I, I do love Jerry Lewis um, in the different characters and all. It got a little played as he got older. Uh, but uh, Laurel and Hardy to me is a mainstay. Laurel and Hardy uh, is a foundation of all things comedy. And to me, and um, I have to go with Laurel and Hardy on this. Uh, they do make me laugh. If you watch some of their their earlier work too, uh, with the just pantomime, no no sound, they 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 were hysterical as well yeah. in the silent movies. So, yeah. and and just for the heck of it, they were not, <laughs> apparently two very nice guys that got along to the end. So, <laughs> with comedy teams, you don't hear that very often. But anyway, uh, I'm going to just go. The, the physical, the physicality was hilarious too. Just seeing yes. them, just visibly, you know, the the, the, the skinny guy and the and the first guy, one that, of the that. first sets to do that. If you really think about yeah. it, yeah. You know. Right, but, but Jerry Lewis also had a lot of slapstick to his comedy, although oh, yeah. some of it was a lot more cerebral. I, I know one of one of your listeners, Ken N from Florida, said that he thought that Jerry Lewis was the funniest person ever. I'm, I'm not sure that I'm necessarily there with that, but you know, again, you know, I, I would have to go with Jerry Lewis on this one too. Listen, I can like watch Jerry the, Lewis is the winner. Yeah, I can watch the Aaron Boy like every weekend and laugh every single time. Anyway, uh, here we go. Bob Hope against Bob and Ray, the Battle of Bobs, maybe. Now, <laughs> now they want to use him in those Jolly Green Giant commercials. How about that? Dean is the Jolly Green Giant. They figure if they get him before noon, they don't need any makeup. <laughs> and, of course, you know, Dean is one of our better golfers, which may surprise you. He swings in the daytime, too. <laughs> I just got back from the Palm Springs Desert Classic. And all the top pros were there, and they were wonderful. They all gave me advice, but I won't quit. <laughs> and how about all those spy shows on TV? The Man from Uncle, Get Smart, Secret Agent, and I Spy. Remember when you used to watch television? Now it watches you. A little prophetic there. Uh, okay, Bob and Ray, a little something from them. We believe, speaking slowly, in forming... Your words, thoughts. Our ideas <laughs> and opinions clearly before speaking. <laughs> we speak. We are here in New York City in the city of New York. Attending 
A convention. Our annual convention. <laughs> Membership convention. <laughs> convention. All right, I'll start this one off. Uh, it's, I don't know what to say. Bob and Ray is the foundation of why I even do this show and love for love of radio. Their creativity is beyond, goes off the scale with the different characters. And every single day on the radio, they came up with new skits, new routines, uh, although some were repetitive. But, um, you know, they were just iconic in terms of uh, their... Uh, ability to make you laugh for 50 years on the radio. Bob Hope, I like him. I like some of the movies as well. If you realize he was in movies in our age, we probably don't even realize that. In the 50s, he did a lot of, in the 60s, he did a lot of movies. But um, his stand-up, you know, for whatever, the, whatever it's worth, it doesn't make me laugh. It's it's just typical, you know, punchlines and a typical stand-up comedian doing doing lines that somebody else wrote for him. Like he's was a wonderful comedian, but I... I I have to go with Bob and Ray. That's uh, that might I might be the lone voice here, but that's where I go with that. Uh, Dan, where are you? You may be surprised by my answer, Doug. So um, it's interesting. One of your listeners actually it made me sad. Said, uh, it's Alexandra from uh, from Brooklyn, New York. Said, "Who is Bob and Ray?" And that made me really sad yep. because Bob and Ray were the reason why I tuned in on the radio. You know. As a young kid, I thought they were really smart humor. Um, they were really, really funny. It's 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 very difficult to say you're going to knock out Bob Hope in the first round because he's such an iconic. I mean, all the things that you mentioned, Doug, but also he did the Academy Awards, the Oscars for so many years and did it brilliantly. Um, this is a really hard one for me to pick one over the other and i know that's the whole point here and there's probably no right or wrong answer i'm sure but um i'm actually going to go with bob and ray how about that uh david we're going to hold your comments for two seconds we're out of time uh i hate to do that but we'll be back right to this everything goes new again who's the funniest person of all time to Everything Old is New Again. This is Hal Linden inviting you to enjoy Everything Old is New Again with Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. We're, we're back here and Everything Old is New Again. That's Hal Linden. Boy, oh boy, uh, we got all the, all the stars here are aligning for us to determine who is the funniest person of all time in our may, may, mayhem on Everything Old is New Again with Dan Newberger, David Cohen. David, you didn't give us uh, your two cents yet. I, we ran out of time. I apologize. But before we do, it's uh, Bob Hope against Bob and Ray. And uh, Dan, were you finished? I didn't want to cut you off in terms of your comments. Yeah, no, I, w I was done. I was just saying that, you know, I, I, I can't believe that I'm not picking Bob Hope in round one. But um, but I got to go with Bob and Ray. I just I always found them to be highly entertaining. There you go. David Cohen. Oh, is it me? Yes. Okay. Um, I saw Bob Hope do stand up when I was probably 20 years old because my parents came into town. I was in college. They wanted to see him. He was performing at a local college where I went. Um, and I got to say, I went in very skeptical because I never found him funny. But man, I don't know. It doesn't translate when you look at the old stuff. But I can say, honestly say, I saw him live do stand up and he was hilarious. He killed for the, for the hour or so that he was there. I could not believe how much I was laughing. So with that said, um, I think that in terms of like 
and I got to go with like influence here and, and doing something different and creative. And it's got to be Bob and Ray. I agree with you guys totally on that. Well, there we go. That's a little bit here, of a surprise. Here's the book. I'm holding it up. I know we're on Zoom. Here's the book about them. right? There. That's right. And we had that author on the book uh, of we the did. from the book. David uh, Pollack. Yep. David Pollack's been on a couple of times. And uh, yeah, we had some great times. All right. Listen, that's great. Great to hear. It makes up for the Gene Shepard loss. Uh, <laughs> all right. Oh, good. The next round is The Onion, which we don't have a clip because we played clips previously, uh, versus Neil Simon, uh, who's not really a performer, but we could, I don't know, we could play a little something here. I'm not always comfortable out here. I love writing plays. I could do it forever, but I'm on the stage. No, thank you. It's unlikely that you wake up on the upper side of Manhattan, 12 years old, and say with conviction, I'm going to be a playwright. Why? I never had, I had never seen a play until a friend took me to, and I asked my friend, do the actors make up their own lines? He said, no, stupid, a writer does it. He writes all the lines. He's a playwright. So I rushed to the nearest stationery store, and I bought a, a pad, a pen, and a notebook. What I didn't buy was an idea. I rushed back in, and I said, oh, I'm sorry, I need three or four ideas for plays. How much are they? Um, he laughed. It was the first laugh I ever got. There you go. That's a little something from Neil Simon versus The Onion. Dan, you're going to have to go first on this one. There's no question. Neil Simon. I mean, I, I had mentioned in one of our earlier episodes that The Onion was not something that I was a huge fan of. Uh, Neil Simon is brilliant, so I got to go with Neil Simon. All right, David Cohen. Um, you know, there's a lot of good and bad about Neil Simon. I think he wrote one of my, he wrote my favorite comedy of all time, The Odd Couple. And I think that alone, like, wins it for me. But he wrote a lot of bad stuff, too. A lot of, like, really bad plays. Um, so I don't think he was consistent through his career. He's sort of like a one-note kind of writer. Um, but with that said, I think that watching certain Neil Simon plays or movies, to me, and just the laughing factor for me, probably just outweighs the the onion so i'm gonna go with neil simon and a little icing on the cake is uh he did write for your show of shows sid caesar we don't know exactly what skits he wrote for and all of that but just a little something extra he you know he learned his craft there uh and was around all those uh, talented individuals and learned his craft there um yes there's a theater in new york city named after him so certainly he uh he's had what's that called influence. i think it's called the neil simon theater and uh i have to tell you he uh he gets my vote as well though uh sad in a way because the onion uh, really, uh, they really, really, they they make me laugh. Like even just they thinking really of this do. up, they, they just really make me do. Laugh. But uh, yeah. I think it's just it, it's like the legend, the legend over the right the onion. That's what I'm going. Yeah, with. the upcoming uh, stars, if you will. All right, so let's do um, Chris Rock, Louis C.K. And I live at home, and my mother likes to clean up my room. And whenever my mother cleans up my room, she always takes out all my dirty magazines. Whenever your mother takes your dirty magazines, you can't say anything about it. If she don't say nothing, you don't say nothing. <laughs> and to play it off like they were never there in the first place. And you're sitting there eating breakfast, eating breakfast with your mother, and there's like that tension at the breakfast table, because you're not like her little baby anymore. You're like some pervert she's giving birth to. <laughs> so you try to strike up any kind of conversation, you know, like, Ma, have you seen my baseball glove? Your mother goes, well, maybe you left it in the penthouse. <laughs> All right, and then we've got uh, Louis wow. C. Here we go, Louis C.K. I, I hate skinny people because they don't empathize with fat guy problems. They just don't. Like, you ever have a skinny friend? You're trying to tell them, like, 
I just, I just wish I could have one donut and don't walk away. I wish I could do that. I wish I had the power to eat a donut. And, and your skinny friend's like, well, just eat the donut then. What's this big deal? You should totally, just have a donut if you want. You should totally go ahead and have one. So here's what happens. So you get fat enough, though. What happens is your belly starts to push out like this. And then it pushes your pants down to your pelvis because they won't hang in the normal place anymore. And then down there, the, you're, they feel loose. And you start going, hey, losing weight. All right, I'm coming down. I ate my way through to the other side. I did. There we go. All right. So uh, we start this one with David Cohen. Where are you? Who was the first one before Lucy K? Uh, Chris Rock. Chris Rock. Okay. Um, like Chris Rock is great. He had one like legendary stand-up performance many years ago. Um, I don't, and I find him very funny. Everyone hates Chris. That show he he did it was just terrific, and he's very funny. I don't think he's consistently funny though. And I have to say, Louis C.K. And again, we'll get back to the Cosby thing. I'm putting all the the crap that personality-wise aside for this show. But I think pound for pound, Louis C.K. may be one of the funniest stand-ups I've ever seen. So, and and he did a great TV show that obviously isn't on anymore. But um, yeah, so I go with Louis C.K. I'm gonna have to join you on that, uh, though. I feel uh, Chris Rock, uh, you know, when he hit his high, he hit his high, and when he does his stand-up, he's really, really amazing. But boy, those movies—he's he's not funny in those movies. Um, so I don't know what to say about that. It, it brings it down a little bit of a peg for me. Uh, so I'm going Louis C.K. Uh, Dan. See, I don't think Louis C.K. is that consistent. Interestingly, um, I, I I would go with um, with Chris Rock. I, you know, one of your listeners, Brandon in New York, said anyone who can be slapped and uh, yeah. who can be funny after being slapped in front of the entire world gets my vote. I, I kind of, I mean, not that that's the reason I would vote for Chris Rock, but I think pound for pound, Chris Rock is is funnier and more consistent than Louis C.K. But I hear what you guys are saying. Louis C.K. is funny for sure, but my vote would go to Chris Rock. All right. Well, but Louis C.K. wins that one. Uh, we have a few more minutes, so let's start on with the next uh, Bill Murray against Eddie Murphy. This is the Nick Winter Show, and I do the entertaining. Thank you. Let's go out with something really hot for these folks. A big hit out of 77. Trekkie. Look at Captain, Captain Kirk, the coolest white man on the planet. You know, you can always tell who's going to get killed when you watch this show. Now, look, who, look who's beaming down. You see Kirk, McCoy, Spock, and Yeoman Johnson. Now, doesn't Yeoman Johnson know he's going to get killed? If I was Yeoman Johnson, I'd say, hey, I'm not going. I know what's going to happen. There we go, our Star Trek reference, and how could I not start off myself then following that up? Uh, to me, Eddie Murphy was one of the most hysterical comedians I saw 
stand-up routine, NASA Coliseum, but before that, Eastside Comedy with David Cohen when he was uh, just starting out. Saturday Night Live, he perfected his craft, went to the movies and flopped in my world. Um, he did a couple flopped. decent movies. I, what movie? What, what was a great movie of his besides uh, Coming to America? Trading Places. Yeah, yeah. The, but he was, was he hysterical? Did he make you yeah. laugh? Did he make you laugh in those movies? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Good. He didn't make me laugh in those movies, but Bill Murray did. Well, you said they were flops, though. That's so you're wrong. All right. So about Boomerang that. was a flop. Coming to America, uh, not coming to America, but, was but, not a flop. What was the other one? Harlem Nights was a flop. Um, uh, you know, there's this uh, haunted hotel, haunted what that one with the haunted hotel was a flop. Um, I the one where he was a senator was a flop. I could I could go on the one where he was the golden child was a flop. I mean, are you going to argue with those? That's just the top of my head. You said every movie he made was a flop. No, I said then he. I said after Saturday Night Live, he did a couple movies and then he flopped. I could play the clip. Oh, back. he did a couple of movies and then he flopped. Yes. Okay. Well, that's different. Okay. <laughs> Regardless, uh, to me, Bill Murray, um, although he became a serious actor now, um, was was boy, this is a tough one. Was, was hysterical on Saturday Night Live. Um, he stopped doing funny movies when he did the funny movies was, was great Caddyshack and, and others, but uh, he had, he had some flops too. I don't think meatballs, he was all that funny. Um, so to me, uh, to this, I'm going to go with Eddie, Mur Eddie Murphy on this. How do you like that? Dan, where are you? Yeah, I could go either way on this one very easily. I, I mean, just with regard to your comment about the movies, I mean, I think Eddie Murphy made some really good movies, also made some really bad ones, but then again, um, so did Bill Murray. I mean, Bill Murray was in Zombieland. Remember that that great movie? Probably not. <laughs> um, Broken Flowers. Probably don't remember that one. But he was also in some iconic movies like Caddyshack um, and Meatball. So um, I am going to go with Eddie Murphy on this one, just because I think that his one of his um, comedy specials was one of the funniest com comedic performances I have ever seen. Uh, so I'm going to vote for Eddie Murphy. And we're going to take a break for a moment. I want to dine here with David Cohen to say, but I don't want to cut him off. So here we go. We're out of time. Obviously, you're not dying, but okay. <laughs> well, I can't stop the clock. You're listening to Everything Old is New Again, America's entertainment pop culture talk show with Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. Okay, what, what is happening now, Jay? Well, we're going to return to Everything Old is New Again with... Uh, uh, Doug and Dave. Oh, okay. I got nothing else better to do. All right. Well, I, I don't know if I have anything better to do either. Uh, neither does David Cohen or Dan Newberger. As we continue to explore and, and whittle it down, if you will, by brackets, just like the NCAAs, who is the funniest person of all time? We just had a battle here against uh, uh, Bill Murray with Eddie Murphy, and David Cohen didn't get a chance to address that. So I want to hear. I'm very interested to see what David Cohen has to say on this uh, on this battle. Very interested. Yeah, I think Bill Murray is funny in anything he does, serious or non-serious. I think that's just the great thing about him. He just has his own thing that's just uniquely Bill Murray. And anytime I see him on the screen, I'm I'm smiling if not laughing. So, but again, with that said, uh, Richard Pryor, yeah, for many years was just knocking out of the park and was super funny. Even Doug, you mentioned when we were in high school and we'd see him starting out as a standup, never failed to, to just crack us up. Um, so, you know, I think he definitely, his career fizzled out 
many, 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 many years ago. Um, but again, if you're just looking at pure who made me laugh more, I, I think I got to give the edge to Eddie Murphy, too. Yes. All right. Uh, so Eddie Murphy's there unanimously. All right. We've got uh, a, another battle here. Sid Caesar against Don Rickles. Uh, this should be something um, that is a timely matter. Let's see. This is a Sid Caesar clip. I, I don't know if it translates. We'll see. Imitating a... Uh, Gumball machine. Oh, what's a matter? I couldn't help with the boss was looking. You know, I can't pay up when the boss is looking. Watch me give this guy a fair shuffle. Hey, buddy, look. The boss is not looking, and there's three bells coming up. Look who should know better. I'm the... Holy smokes. It's a raid. Here are the cops. Oh, no. No, please, cop, don't hit him with the axe, huh? No, please, cop, don't hit him with the axe, huh? No. No, 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 don't, don't, don't. All right, yeah, I don't think it translates too much, but uh, that's Sid Caesar. And then we have uh, Don Rickles, who we'll all recognize. Yeah, I spoke to the home, Milton. You've been spitting up again. <laughs> and why do I kid, Milton? Because he's old. <laughs> this table, men here, gentlemen here. Where are you from, sir, if I may ask? New Jersey. You hear the crowd? <laughs> what is your last name, sir? Anderson. I never heard of you. <laughs> to see, was, what's your first name, Mr. Anderson? Bill Anderson. Get out. Forty million people that are close to Jerry, we got dumbbell Bill Anderson, right? Jerry Lewis, Patty made the seating arrangements, and this hockey puck, Bill Anderson, from Jersey, who nobody knows, is right in the front. I... All right, so there we go. Don Rickles doing his thing. Uh, who's starting us off? Dan, you're starting us off on this one. Yeah, these are two very different type of... Uh, comedians. Uh, Sid Caesar, first of all, had the benefit of having probably the best writing staff that you could ever possibly assemble with Carl Reiner and Mel Brooks, you know, people at that caliber. How could you not be funny with people like that writing for you? Um, Don Rickles, you know, the thing about Rickles, who, by the way, I think is hilarious. I don't know that his act would go over as well today because he basically... Um, he like insults everybody and everything. I personally, I find it funny. He's very sarcastic, which I happen to be a very sarcastic person. Um, I, but that's the one thing about him that I wonder is whether his comedy would be considered as funny today. So I'd say this, I'd prefer Sid Caesar's salad, but I would prefer Don Rickles comedy. Okay. There you go. Don Rickles, David Cohen. <sighs> Yeah, this is a really tough one. They're all tough. I know. I got to stop saying that. <clears throat> um, you know, I got to say, look, it's just based on the fact that I haven't seen a lot of Sid Caesar clips. I've seen a few. I can't say I've seen a lot. Um, Don Rickles, I've seen a lot. And he just always, not always, but a lot of times made me laugh. That is just very funny. Um, so I got to give the edge to Don Rickles. Okay, Rickles to me is a one-trick uh, pony. Any TV show that he did, he was horrible in. They all flopped. Everyone, uh, however, CPO Sharky, come on, that was a that was horrible. Less than two years, um, <laughs> and uh, he was great. Um, you know, on this, this all the uh, D. Martin roasts, and he really. Uh, I don't know. He, he killed it, if you want to call it that, back in the day. But if you really examine what he's doing, it's kind of the same thing over and over and over again. Uh, Sid Caesar, 
was the perfect instrument. You talk about his his writers. Um, uh, Mel Brooks himself said that Sid Caesar was the perfect instrument for them to write for, to for someone to perform their work on your show of shows. He did characters. He did parodies of movies. He did monologues. He did pantomime, and he did skits. And all of them uh, were perfection. Go on YouTube, pull up your uh, show of shows or Sid Caesar's Hour and watch what he does. And uh, you will be amazed at the talent of that man. But we'll go with Rickles. Uh, I see um, that's that's where the where the tide took us. So that's fine. Uh, Knock yourself out. Uh, How about Tina Fey against Gilda Radner? Another one. Stool softener? No, actually, um, Diet Coke. You look great. That's a snazzy belt. Oh, thank you. Yeah, congrats on your wrestling championship. It's Ralph Laurent. Is that how you say it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. You get good Wi-Fi with that? All right. The very, uh, what would you say, dry, I guess, humor of Tina Fey and Gilda Radner. They got this sauna there, which is a little hot room where you go to sweat like a pig. <laughs> so I go in, I listen to this. Who do you think is sitting next to me? But Dr. Joyce Brothers, <laughs> that very smart pixie lady who thinks she knows everything. But what this nude psychologist doesn't know was that she had this little teeny tiny ball of sweat right here hanging off the tip of her nose. <laughs> it was just hanging there. It wouldn't fall off. <laughs> like if she turned her head, it didn't fall off. If she stood up, it didn't fall off. If she scratched, it didn't fall off. And when she picked a little piece of sweater out of her belly button, it didn't fall off. <laughs> that little sweat ball just wouldn't fall off. <laughs> so I yelled at her. I said, hey, doctor, lick that sweat ball off your nose. What are you trying to do? Make me sick? And she what? What? There you go. Uh, let's see who's starting this one off. That was Dan last time, right? So David Cohen, you're the beginning uh, voice on this. Well, Tina Fey, I mean, gosh, she's so freaking funny. And, and she, you know, was responsible for the resurgence of Saturday Night Live, I think, doing the Sarah Palin and had a great cast with her that season, too. But just became like the 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 thing. And then movies she wrote and produced and and um, the the. Uh, the 30 Rock TV show was was great. Um, and Gilda Radner, Radner un, I mean, unfortunately, you know, didn't live very long, very sadly and tragically. Um, but, you know, in the time that she was around, incredibly influential, very everything she did was funny. Every character she came up with was just iconic. Um, and I think if she lived, uh, we would have been blessed by by so much more from her, you know, creatively. Um, so I'm going with Gilda Radner. Okay, I'm going to take a, a, a different point of view and, and the point of view you had mentioned previously that you're not going to hold it against someone for the amount of time that they uh, performed. So uh, to me, I I like Tina Fey. She is funny. Yes, there's no doubt about that. But I don't uh, laugh the way I laugh when I see Gilda Radner. Uh, she always makes me laugh out loud, or at least the first time I pre- heard it. So... When she was performing, she was at the top of a game. She made me laugh on Saturday Night Live like crazy. Unfortunately, you're right. Way too short. Cancer, um, you know, took her from us, and we didn't get a chance to really enjoy those talents. But I'm going to enjoy them by saying that she wins this battle. Dan, I'm 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 with you. This is Tina Fey is brilliant. Don't get me wrong, but I definitely would have voted for Gilda Radner. So I think it's a clean sweep. 
There you go. Well, uh, David voted for Tina Fey, so you're you were the no, deciding vote. Oh, you did? Did I miss no. it up? What did no. I? Skill the rider. Holy smokes! I'm sorry. I yeah. okay, good. All right, so there we are. Uh, we are. I don't know. We're at, well, at the end. We have one more section coming up. We got W. C. Fields against Walter Matthau and Woody Allen against Carol Burnett. This is going to be a knockdown dragout when we get back on everything old is new again. Try to figure out who's the funniest person of all time. If you want to participate, write us a note, oldnewagain at AOL.com. That's oldnewagain at AOL.com. Or check out the website, everything old is new again.biz. We'll be back right after this. Everything old is new again. This is Everything Old is New Again, America's entertainment pop culture talk show with Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. Hey, this is Joel Hodgson. I'm the creator of Mystery Science Theater 3000. You're listening to Everything Old is New Again with Douglas Viviani. How about that? And David Cohen. And we've also got with us today (laughs) Dan Neuberger, uh, who is with us for the... uh, the third show of six, I'm going to guess, where we're trying to determine who's the funniest person of all time in our May Mayhem. We now are up against a uh, an oldie uh, but goodie, if you will, W.C. Fields and Walter Matthau. Let's go with the W.C. Fields a little bit long, but let's see what we can do. <laughs> Put it down, Mr. Muckle. Put it down, honey. Put it down, please. Put... Another one. Mr. Mucker, please sit down. Please. I want kumquats. Coming, coming. Oh, I forgot the chewing gum. Where's my gum? Sit down, Mr. Mucker. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Was I in here last night and did I spend a $20 bill? Yeah. Oh, boy, what a load that is off my mind. I thought I'd lost it. Tell me, Sheriff, how did you ever get the name of Honest John? The time of which I speak, I'm tending bar up at Medicine Hat. Well, a guy used to come in there with a glass eye. He used to take this glass eye out, put it in a tumbler of water, let it break these balls. Don't sit one day, and he forgets the glass eye. I found it. Next morning when he came in, I said, young man, here's your glass eye. And I gave it back to him. Ever since that time. All right, you got to know what that, that is. day, I've been known as Honest John. All right, Walter Matthau, here we go. Who gets a Pepsi? I get a Pepsi. My friend Murray, the policeman, gets a warm Pepsi. Still didn't fix the refrigerator. It's been two weeks now. No wonder it stinks in here. Temper, temper. If I wanted nagging, I'd go back with my wife. I'm out. Who wants food? What do you got? I got uh, brown sandwiches and uh, green sandwiches. Which one do you want? What's the green? See, the very new cheese or very old meat. I'll take the brown. Are you crazy? You're not going to eat that, are you? I'm hungry. His refrigerator's been out of order for two weeks now. I saw milk standing in there. It wasn't even in a bottle. There you go. Little uh, Neil Simon words going on, floating around there with uh, Walter Matthau. Uh, it looks like I begin this one. Um, to me, uh, W.C. Fields is 
extraordinary. The you, you couldn't hear it from those clips. It didn't. It just didn't give it the flavor it needs because everything that he did was very physical as well. He was telling a story about how how he earned the name Honest John. And he wasn't being honest when he was playing pool, and he's got this. Uh, iconic i mean really this 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 pool routine that he has uh, that you, you can't you you will have to laugh when you watch it yeah no it was it was hysterical with what he did with that and, and he wrote all of his material um so he wrote all his movies and wrote everything that he did so um i have to go with that walter Matthau, i love i think he's hysterical i love the odd couple i love other things that he's done uh the apartment and uh I mean, it can go on and on, but um, by comparison, W.C. Fields is my man. Uh, Dan, where are you on that? I'm going to take a different uh, approach to that. I mean, W.C. Fields is funny, but maybe it was too much before my time. Um, Walter Matthau, to me, was that that movie, The Odd Couple, was one of many movies that I enjoyed watching with him in it, but he was brilliant in that movie. And it actually affected the, like, not that I'm considering myself to be all that funny, but what what my the way that I approach comedy when I make a comedic statement, the sarcasm, whatever, it sounds so much like Walter Matthau. Um, I and I realize how influential he was on me. I just think he is so funny. I have to go with Walter Matthau. Good for you, David Cohen. Where are you? Yeah, I mean, you ever see the original taking of the Pelham One Two Three? Walter Matthau in a quasi serious role. Even then, he was funny. So. He, he's one of my idols and WC Fields, you know, I appreciated him, but I can't say he made me laugh as much as whenever Matthew was is on the screen in a movie. I can't help it. I think he's hilarious. I love his timing and his essence and, yeah, Walter Matthau. Sorry, Doug. All right, good. You have to apologize. I don't have any stake in it. I haven't made the bets. Getting outvoted like every <laughs> single time. You're That's out. all right. What was, the, what was the movie that he was in with? Um... I think it was another Jack Lemmon movie. Grumpy Old Men? Grumpy Old Men. Absolutely hysterical movie. And Grumpier Old Men as well. And Grumpier, right? That was the sequel. Gunderson! Listen to me, Gunderson! (laughs) There's the imitation. By by, by the way, um, so, Doug, just a quick story. So, you guys, uh, when you opened up this um, episode of the show... You had the, I think it was the creator of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Yes. So, so the very first time I saw that show, I was actually stuck in a snowstorm in Minneapolis. I had to spend a night in Minneapolis, couldn't get back to Chicago where my wife and I were living. And that morning, Saturday morning, I woke up and I had the TV on and I sat down on the edge of the bed as I was getting dressed. And I, I saw the show, Mystery Science Theater 3000. I ended up calling my wife saying, listen, I'm going to take a later flight tonight because I got to finish watching the show. I Get out of here. Before. And, and it wasn't I don't think it was on in Chicago or if it was, I didn't know when it was on. Back then, it was a lot more difficult to find a show on TV. Um, I, I sat there on the edge of the bed and I watched the rest of the movie. I was laughing my head off. And then I finally got on a flight later that day and got home. Um, but I, I to, the, to this day, I enjoy watching those shows because it's like watching a movie with one of your buddies and just making wisecracks throughout the whole thing. Yeah. It's almost like a perfect Saturday afternoon. If it's raining, you throw that on and you are just going to yeah. you know, enjoy it. It's a great it. format for anybody who's never watched it. It's really funny. And if you want to learn more about it, we interviewed him. You can go to everythingoldisnewagain.biz. Look it up. Uh, you can hear the old interview. And uh, we had a great time with him. He's a good guy. All right. Down to the final two for this week. We have Woody Allen. And Carol Burnett. Now, Marshall McLuhan deals with it in terms of it being a, a high 
uh, high intensity, you understand, a hot medium, what I as opposed give for to a large sock as with horse manure in it. What do you do when you get stuck on a movie line with a guy like this behind you? Wait a minute, why can't it's I give my maddening. opinion? It's a free country. He, he can give you. Do you have to give it so loud? I mean, aren't you ashamed to pontificate like that? And, and the funny part of it is, Marshall McLuhan, you don't know anything about Marshall McLuhan's oh, really? work. Really? I happen to teach a class at Columbia called TV, Media, and Culture. So I think that my insights into Mr. McLuhan will have a great deal of validity. Oh, do you? Yeah. Well, that's funny because I happen to have Mr. McLuhan right here. So, so yeah, just let me, let me, let me come over here a second. Oh, Tell I, heard, I heard what you were saying. You, you know nothing of my work. You mean my whole fallacy is wrong. How you ever got to teach a course in anything is totally amazing. Boy, if life were only like this. <laughs> that right. All right, Carol Burnett. Hey, you- Hello? <laughs> I like to dictate that leather now to you, Mr. Hello? <laughs> Come on, I didn't hear no. Hello? What brings you to Tara? You, you fixin' you. Stop it. I love you. That, that, that gown is gorgeous. Thank you. I saw it in the window and I just couldn't resist. There we go. We're starting with Dan, I believe, correct? Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, so... I find Woody Allen to be very funny, but somewhat one-dimensional, where it's basically that same character plopped into different scenarios, but it's very, very similar comedy, which I find very funny, but it just seems one-dimensional to me. Um, Carol Burnett, on the other hand, um, there's a period of my life where I remember that was like, I remember watching the Carol Burnett show. I remember, you know, tugging on her ear, you know, singing her song at the end of each show. I think she's very, very funny and showed more versatility. So I'm going to go with Carol Burnett. David Cohen. Yeah, I mean, Woody Allen, uh, just uh, he's very influential on me. I mean, not only his movies, but the stand up. I don't know if you listen to old Woody Allen stand up routines were hilarious. So, you know, but I think, um, as Dan said, you know, I think over time, his movies became redundant and, and, and not actually not as good, I think towards the end. Um, Carol Burnett, I think just her influence alone and and how funny she was and in different formats, doing a variety show every week can't be easy. Even if you got a staff of writers and she just made it happen all the time and made the people around her funny too. So I'm going to go with Carol Burnett. There you go. I'm going with Carol Burnett, too, and, and for two reasons. Number one, uh, she gives credit to, and that's not really the right way to say it, but she admired and learned her craft from your show of shows in Sid Caesar, which she would uh, sit in the audience and watch and, and later on told that, that that's what formed her comedy sensibilities and for her show. The characters, the the uh, ability to surround herself with great talent as well and not be, you know, not be intimidated by it. She was terrific. And by the way, uh, Leo and I try to get Leo to bed sometimes. I, we watch a game show here and there. We watch uh, pet, the old, 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 old shows of past word carol burnett was the best password player of all time whatever it's worth but uh yeah carol burnett i'm gonna tell you uh wins that one universally it looks like so for this week we are passing by and passing along jerry lewis bob and ray neil simon louis ck uh, uh bill murray don rickles gilda radner walter Matthau, and carol burnett 
come on back next week as we continue. Yeah, hold on, hold I on. Thought he lost. Did I get? Yeah, Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy. Oh, I'm sorry. I, you know what? I can't read my own handwriting. Eddie Murphy, Don Rickles, Gilda Radner, uh, Walter Matthau, and Carol Burnett. Next Great. week, now we got to check your work. I mean, what's going on here? Next week, we will. Oh, I signed up for. <laughs> next week, we will continue. Maze mayhem, and we will. Uh, may may mayhem. May you say may I say maze. Mayhem. That's it. You're not episode getting my vote four. for the funniest dog. Yeah, episode four, he's going to get this right. <laughs> I, I'm i the one that created it, the name anyway, Maze Mayhem. If you object to it, sense. write us at everythingoldsnewagain.biz and let me know. Okay. Uh, all right. So we'll be back yeah. next week. Continue. Who is the funniest of all time? Mm-hmm.